0: Welcome. Thank you for tuning in to today's sermon, Jesus, the Word that gives God's perspective for life. I'm Femi Ossaban, a preacher for the Church of Christ. Today's sermon text will be found in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, verses 1 through 5. Today's sermon is intended for us to think about God's Word and how He utilizes Jesus as the Word to offer a perspective. In which to view our life through to follow him. When a person tells you a story or gives you some information, the introduction, how they start, gives you clues to what they want you to uh, view as important to their perspective. You see, the introduction gives you the lens in which to interpret all the other information from. We're very familiar with such beginnings as once upon a time that clues us in for a fairy tale or a lot of times if somebody tells you, I promise you or I swear that clues you into the fact that they're about to lie. (laughs) But (laughs) the way they start gives you a perspective in which to interpret the rest of their information from. In the Bible, there are four Gospels. Three of those Gospels are synoptic Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And those three Gospels, they have, there's a lot of similarities to them. But they all start different. Matthew starts with a genealogy. And it's believed that Matthew has started with that genealogy so that the Jews who read that would see that Jesus is a continuation of this Jewish tradition, the promise from God from David just has the, the three different groups of 14 I'm trying to highlight David's genealogical line to the Savior Jesus Christ. Luke he starts off with a purpose statement to Theophilus. The reason I'm writing you these things so that you could be assured of what you were taught. Mark. He starts off with the prophecy and then jumps right into the ministry of John the Baptist. Because what they want the reader to understand is the story of Jesus, the salvation that I'm teaching, that I'm telling you, I want you to see it from this lens. Even though they all want you to have faith and belief that Jesus Christ is the son of God, they want that faith to be channeled from a certain perspective. The gospel of John is not a synoptic gospel, but John, too, has the purpose of building faith in the believer. If you go to John 20, 30, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That could be put in each and every gospel. But John specifically says that the purpose of me writing these stories, these accounts of the life of Jesus Christ were for the purpose of life in his name. But how does John start? His gospel. John starts his gospel by going all the way back to the beginning, the beginning of creation. And he says in the first five verses In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. A lot of people stretch out the introduction of John from verse 1 to verse 18. But right there, 1 through 5, it starts talking about this word and this God. And two groups of people those who understand the light and those who do not comprehend it. You later on in the uh, chapter, as you get through the introduction, he equates this word to Jesus Christ embodied in the flesh. But how he starts off with is a word and a God and people who either believe him or don't believe it, who are of light, who receive life or who are of darkness, who, if they don't receive life, will receive death. So the question is, what is John trying to get us to see as we start to look into his gospel? And I would say that John is trying to get us to see that the same word, which we find out to be Jesus, was always there with God. Whom we know created this world. And we are told by John that this Jesus, this word, the world was created through him. Now, why would that be important? I would suggest that that is important because what God is not doing is something new. John is informing us. That as we are going to look into this gospel, as we're going to understand this salvation, as we're going to contemplate the acts, the deeds and the words of this Jesus Christ, that it is in line with what God was doing in the beginning when he created the world. And that while Jesus Christ might have been embodied and walked on this earth not a few years before John wrote this message, he was eternally present before he was bodily existent so as we read this gospel or as it's heard because in the context a lot of the times it was read aloud to an audience we want to put our mindset to the place to where when we begin to think about Jesus Christ we begin to think about the beginning creation and the form that Jesus was in creation was as The word. What does that tell us? When we think about words. We think of utterances. And we think of words are actually an outpouring of our thoughts. You can't say a word without thinking it first. So as God. Is utilizing the word to create, and we read in Genesis that God said and it was, and we see that this word is Jesus Christ. We see that Jesus has always had a connection with the mind of God, the revelation of God's will, and the activity of getting God's will accomplished. This is the word that John is writing about. This is the savior that we have to be mindful of as we read the rest of this gospel, because that is important because Jesus is doing a lot of miracles. And while John will record seven, he says he did a lot of miraculous acts that couldn't fit in a book. But the ones that are recorded are so that you will believe. And what John is telling us is that I do not want you to get caught up in the deeds. I want you to catch the word because it is the word that's going to give you eternal life. It's the word that's going to lead you to where God is calling us all from since the beginning. It's the word that produces the action. So we can't get caught up and the action that the Word is doing because then what you'll do is you will put more hope in the action and if you don't receive the action you won't believe the Word. Mm-hmm. What he wants you to do is understand that this Word can produce the action but know that this Word, Jesus Christ was here to get you to understand to receive this salvation that God has based on words. And not put all of your hope in the deed. Because the signs actually distracted people. At one point the Pharisees say, show us a sign. To which Jesus says, I'm not going to show you a sign. He had been showing them sign after sign after sign after sign. And they still had not believed. So he tells them, I'm going to give you the sign of Jonah. He raises from the grave like Jonah three days in the belly of the well of the fish. And that's the sign. He overcame death. And even in seeing that sign, people still did not believe. Why? They didn't believe the words. So what we must understand is the word is important, is preeminent, and it's always been connected to God. And it's the word that produces the desired result that we want. So we have to come into belief with this word if we're going to interpret the rest of this gospel. Because Jesus is telling us a way to live and we have to understand that or we're going to miss the whole point of him coming. It's not the actions. It's the word. And that's who John introduces us to first. But Jesus as the word is God's. God's way of producing in Psalms 33 he touches on this God spoke and it was just think Jesus has given us a promise and all we have to go on is his word Jesus has built a relationship for us and the way that we built that is on words we pray we read We exhort each other. Preaching, the proclamation of the word is one of the foundational ways that Jesus is taught. That salvation is rendered. How can they believe if they have not heard? It's not through the signs. It's not through the tongues. It's not through the healings. It's from the preaching, the teaching, the believing that produces the action of salvation. So this word is important, but this word has always been connected to God. Matter of fact, this word is God. And we must understand that Jesus is God embodied in the flesh. Why is that important? Because there are not two gods. There's only one God, and this one God who has been eternal has one will, and that is to save this creation that he made. So it can live according to his word, his will. When he first created, what was his assessment on everything? It was very good. How did it become very good? Because he said it and it did what he wanted. Let there be light. Let there be trees. Let there be fish. Let there be birds. Let there be man. Well, actually, he formed a man out of the dust. And then he told him what to do. Be fruitful and multiply. Produce after your kind. And then he saw it before a man enacted his own words, his own will, it was very good. And a person who reads John, who's very knowledgeable of Genesis account of creation will know that God's word was very good in what it produced before man strayed from it. So God's word, if it's taken at its essence and lived out how God speaks it, will produce the very good that God intends. And this is what we're supposed to understand as we read the gospel of John. So John wants us to put our mind on the fact that Jesus is God, God's embodied word, that Jesus has always been around and that there's not two gods, but one. And this one God has one aim for all men, and that's salvation And that salvation is come about through the belief in his word. But he also does not want us to be ignorant to the fact that there are going to be some opposition to this light, to this life. Because if we're ignorant to the fact that not everything is light, not everything is life, then what you will probably do is fall into darkness. Because when you're here in the dark, you can't see. But when you're in the light, it exposes what's dark and it shines a light on what's not visible in the dark, and then you can see properly so you can move around. And that's what Jesus does for us. But we have to take His words as they come, because when we start altering them and changing them, it becomes darkness. And what John wants us to understand as we read this gospel is we have to take Jesus' words as they are because what Jesus actually is going to be shown is in a lot of situations to where there's conflict over words. We are the son of Abraham. We know no other father. If you were the sons of Abraham, you would rejoice in seeing me there's conflict over words and we must know the right words to guide us or we will be led astray. What's also beautiful to understand about following Jesus is that how many of us have ever made something? The other day I was watching Femi and Yare play. Femi, she was making a castle. And in the making of the castle, she knew how everything was supposed to go for her design and her mind and how it worked properly together. Y'all already wanted to play with her. She put a piece. That doesn't go there. Mm -hmm. When you make something, you have a vision for it. You know how it's supposed to go. Jesus made this world. He made us. We were created through him, through the word. So he has the perfect vision for our life. So we can trust that what he's telling us fits properly. And if we do something that's not according to his design, we're messing up. We're doing wrong. Why? Because we're not the creator. We're the created. And while it might work in our view, it doesn't work in the designer's plan. And so what John is telling us is that Jesus Christ, the word was with God and everything was created through this word. So as I tell you about this life of this Christ and how he wants you to live, how he wants you to be, I can tell you that everything he's telling you was designed specifically for what he created because he is the source of life. And the things that are not of Christ, the things that do not originate from him are not part of what belongs in life that's encouraging because a lot of times you come across passages of scripture that challenge you and to understand that the challenging parts of scripture are actually from the one that created you let you know that if i trust what scripture is telling me i will be in line with how i was created because this world As we saw in Ecclesiastes, can lead you to do a lot of work, toil, labor for things under the sun that are meaningless. But this God who created you, that has given us the abilities to extend efforts in things meaningless, has also told us how to extend our efforts into what is meaningful that will lead to eternal life. The life that Jesus came to offer that he he told us about that he died to extend an invitation to salvation for. Because he created it. And we must know that there's opposition to it, but. We have the blueprint from the author of this life. So these five verses packed with a lot and as this book this gospel unpacks itself it'll build up on these themes in these first five verses God and Jesus are one God's words are represented or spoken through Jesus Christ and that Jesus is the source of life and those in opposition to Jesus are actually in darkness And something for us to consider is as we're looking at this gospel, it's it's beneficial to contemplate God. A lot of times we want to know what we need to do. A lot of times we want to know how am I supposed to act in this situation. But at times we just need to contemplate the depth of what God is doing and who God is to give us perspective so that we can understand what we have committed ourselves to. Jesus is God. And it's good to think about that because in thinking about that, it, it, it helps us to understand the gospel that we have accepted as our way of life. It's author, it's originator, is the one who created life. This isn't no secondary account. This isn't no mythology. This isn't no analogy or allegory. This is the truth. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And through him, we were created. Created with the purpose to reflect him in this life and to be with him eternally. And when you think about that, it should cause you to appreciate the message, the message of that word. Because that's the only thing that's going to guide us back to God. There's a lot of actions that can be done in the name of God. There's a lot of people who will say that they're doing miraculous signs that are causing a lot of people to be led astray. But what God is calling us to is the Word. Revealed, embodied in Christ. So we shouldn't be led astray by what people say, what people do, if we can't see it in Scripture. Scripture. Because if we can't see it in the scriptures, I would say nine out of 10 times, it's in darkness. And we don't want to be people of the dark, we want to be people of the light. We want our lives to be influenced by the word. But in order for that really to take root, we have to stop sometimes and consider this God who created us, this God who loved us so much That he embodied the form that we live in to show us that it is possible and to take our sins away. And then to trust what it is that he said. Because there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of opposition to those who will just take God's word and let that be the guiding light That they actually get lost. They find themselves like the Pharisees. Trying to promote their will. Trying to promote their way. Because they have not let God's word. Be God's word. They have made God's word. Second to theirs. And what John wants us to understand. To get the salvation that Jesus Christ came and died for. Is that we how to accept this word of God because this word of God has always been with God. It's actually what created us, created this world. Nothing in existence is here without Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so if that's the case, then Jesus Christ knows exactly how we are to utilize everything in existence for its sole intended purposes. And us as mankind, our sole purpose is to get back to God eternally. I challenge you, sometime this week, just sit down and think about God. Think about the word. And dare I say, I give you homework. Read Psalm 33 when you do that. And see where that leads you. because a lot of times when we put things in this proper perspective we find out that a lot of our energies are going to things that are meaningless and we're not doing enough of the things that God is calling us to that will help us in our pursuit of eternal life while it might be beneficial under the sun but not necessarily beneficial with the sun So contemplate God. Our minds get clouded sometimes and that's the only thing that helps us to cleanse out these ungodly thoughts is to think about God. I'm not saying do anything. All I'm saying is sit down and think about God, his word, and his son that embodies this word. And if you need help to concentrate on that, Read Psalm 33. If you still want something else to read, read Genesis 1. Creation, the author of it, wants you to be in his presence forever and he's made a way for that to happen. And when we're reminded of that, it helps us to see ourselves properly. Helps us to put life in perspective and to appreciate more deeply, the God who we call Father. That's today's message, and I hope, it, I hope it gets you to thinking of who you are, and I hope it gives you a perspective in which to read John through from understanding that what John is actually presenting is salvation, but it's only given through a lens of understanding that Jesus Christ is God. testament later that one of the uh, disciples says, my Lord, my God. And it's not blasphemy. It's accurate. This Jesus Christ that died for us is our Lord and our God. He is the word, the way back to eternal life. We cannot stress that enough. And as John writes his gospel, he wants that to be the guiding perspective as you read this book so that you will not devalue the Christ in which he writes about. I'm not sure where that sermon leaves you. My prayer is that you will contemplate it and incorporate it into your Christian life. If you're not a Christian, I ask, what's stopping you? God sent his son, Jesus, to freely extend the gift of salvation to all who will follow him. To get that salvation, one must follow the example set out in Scripture. The book of Acts, which details the church's beginnings and expansion, shows us biblical examples of those who were saved. A good place to look is in Acts 2. You get Peter preaching the first gospel sermon and the response of those who heard and believed his message. They repented and were baptized, which added them to the church christ established the bible only teaches of one church if you want to be added to it go to your local church of christ and tell them your desire to be washed of your sins and to live a godly life study your bible put its teachings to practice and you will make heaven your home